Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat Extra War, recording on January 19th, 2021. Um, as always, I want to give a big shout out to everyone who is tuning in. We really appreciate that. Thank you for joining us once again. This week we are actually going to be talking about Halo, as you as uh, as has become the norm for the extra lore here recently. We're going to be diving into the insurrection for these two episodes. So this particular episode is what will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Uh, but before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host Blue Crew eighty six, and once again, as norm as becomes the norm for our halo <laughs> extra lores we are joined by pins halo our resident halo lore master pins how are you doing tonight i'm doing good thanks so i guess real quick uh oh well let me get i'll get yelled at if i don't put in some special announcements real quick um we as always want you to let us know how we're doing over on the lore uh it's a collection of a lot of different lore content creators throughout uh not just on destiny but also on dungeons and dragons we got cyberpunk we got uh fallout and then uh what's the other one that i always forget is elder scrolls online uh so please 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 give us a give us a look over there and also if you want to catch us live ourselves we normally have our episodes streamed live every friday night at 10 p.m over on twitch.tv slash focus chat so if you have a couple minutes to spare and you want to see how the shenanigans get orchestrated over there that's that's definitely where you want to check us out but um like I said, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about the insurrection in the Halo universe. So, Pins, I guess when we say the insurrection, um, a really easy place to start. What what is that? Is that is that a particular series of battles? Is it a particular conflict? I'm assuming it is a, a particular it's, conflict, but it's what, does more, it mean? what does it mean? Yeah, it's more a, a series of conflicts. It's more, um. In some ways, it's kind of just a state of being is not the right way to say it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let me put it this way. Throughout history, whenever you have colonial expansion, and you know, we anyone who's taken U.S. history knows this <laughs> as well, the further, the further away you get from the home country, the... The greater the chance that a nationalism a nationalism starts to grow between those who are there, especially if there is the perception of um, 
lack of representation or manipulation or just being taken advantage of. Um, <clears throat> this usually leads, the initial part is maybe subtle or um, nonviolent protests, but after a period of time where, especially if things don't improve or if they uh, get worse, it becomes a greater chance for violence uh, between the colonies and the mother nation. Um, when you're talking about the Halo universe, the insurrection is um, essentially it's the proper name given to what was an undeclared war that was fought between the United Earth government and the United Nations Space Command and the, a, a number of loosely organized groups of rebels over control of the outer colonies uh, that um, in the UEG. Um, in the Halo universe, um, <clears throat> again, there was a wave of expansion from Earth to the other planets in the solar system. And yes, there was an interplanetary conflict that occurred be mainly because of that as well that led to the growth of the UNSC. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, when we're talking about the colonization of the Halo universe just up to the point of the Human Covenant War, uh, between 2362 and 2390, that was the first wave of extrasolar colonization, uh, colonization outside of the solar system. Um, and what would eventually be the inner colonies. Um, this ended up, the, the group that was selected to be part of this first wave were some of the best and brightest from Earth and the other soul-based colonies, Mars, Luna, and whatnot. Um, these expeditions were also heavily escorted by the UNSC Navy and Marines to maintain security. And also, um, since the end of the interplanetary war, the UNSC military was exceedingly large. And to kind of justify the upkeep, that's why mm -hmm. the Navy and Marines are sent out with all of these um, colonial missions. Uh, it ended up that... Um, the first wave of colonies settled about 210 worlds. These are what would be known as the inner colonies. Um, one of the more, obviously, one of the more common ones is Reach. Was considered is and Harvest were both inner colonies. No, yeah, Reach was a was an inner colony. Um, now, in the century after that wave, that's where you started seeing the colonization of what would become known as the outer colonies. This wave of colonization, because the way it was handled, was bound to be more unstable. Uh, the recruitment standards uh, were not the best of the brightest. They were loosened very considerably. Um, they were less supervised, and the focus was more on resources than on the people. Um, corporations would essentially conscript people to colonize, or they'd convince pardoned criminals to <laughs> to go out with with the <laughs> with the idea of a second chance. Also, oh, how history loves to repeat itself. Oh yes. For all the you know, what for Australia was considered was essentially settled as a penal colony if I remember correctly. Is that mm -hmm. the history that I remember right? Yeah. Ah uh, yes, got to love the British. <laughs> we need to colonize no, no. it, but we don't want to send our people. So, yes. 
you guys go. You don't have uh, any say in this. <laughs> um. So, like I said, and then um, also there. I mean, as with any any group of people, there are those that just aren't satisfied or just need a new start. So the second wave of colonization also included people who were unhappy with the Earth government, you know, and they left via both illegal and illegal means. Um, again, these were just people who, for whatever reason, ran into hard times, couldn't manage money, and they just wanted to start over again. So uh, they became part of that second wave. Um, also, this wave, kind of, that first wave, like I said, also had a lot of uh, military um, for security. The second wave really didn't have that. Now, the UEG, the United Earth Government, had set up the Colonial Military Administration. The Colonial Administration Authority, both were essentially UEG um, agencies, is the right that were designed to manage the outer colonies. Okay. Uh, okay. So. Um, but, you know, so there was a military presence there, but in the end, in many cases, because the colonial military administration was pulled from people in the colonies, or if they worked with people in the colonies for so long, their loyalties kind of stayed with the colonies over earth. In the end, the second wave of colonization consisted of over 600 worlds. So... They the outer colonies outnumbered the inner colonies by about somewhere between two and three to one. Because the outer colonies were less regulated and whatnot, you had a lot of, like I said, a lot of illegal activities. Piracy grew. So you had a lot of these colonies that started putting in requests for support because the colonial military administration didn't have the resources or didn't enforce the rules and protect the people. So there so they would request support and this is where you started seeing the UNSC proper getting involved in the outer colonies. So by 2490, like I said the colonies had outnumbered the inner colonies by about 3 to 1. And again, as with any colonial situation, <laughs> your outer colonies start becoming more nationalistic about the citizens. They started thinking of themselves as, you know, people from Eridanus or Tribute or uh, Harvest and not really as members of the UEG. This kind of attitude initially started seeing, you know, when you start seeing people banding together, being having a nationalistic sense of pride, anything that's outside of that is considered, is seen as a outside not really malevolent, but an unwanted presence. And this is how the UEG and the UNSC started being seen. Because of this, you know, you started seeing more civil disobedience. And mm. like I said, you know, some of this started off as just being relatively peaceful. People refusing to pay taxes uh, was probably that would the most never common. Happen. Oh no! Did they did they did they throw their coffee in the uh, local local harbor? Would you throw coffee in a harbor? I would not throw coffee, but I will okay. throw tea. Yes. I will. I will accept. I will accept tea as a substitute for coffee to be thrown into a harbor. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's especially like, no, it's in protest. Especially in protest to, to uh, taxation without represent what? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, well, Starbucks I might throw because that stuff's just straight up vile. But yeah, <laughs> shots fired. Yes. 
Okay. So basically, Op- basically opinions, like, opinions voiced are, are not necessarily the the opinion of FOC. Yeah. Like so, but basically, what it sounds like is it's very, very akin to what has happened in our own, like in our own real history. Yeah. Is I mean, which makes it actually even more believable. I think would be the word I'm looking for. Like, yeah. or understandable. Like, able to be connected to. It has a. It's rooted in uh, reality. Right, yeah, and this is so, that's really that makes I actually really appreciate the the parallel that is being mm-hmm. drawn here. So it started off with refusal to pay taxes, and also um, because the the colonies were supposed to be managed, the settlements had to be authorized. Well, what you started seeing were people would create mm-hmm. unauthorized settlements. You know, they okay, you may have this city here, but you know, you'd move off someplace else and create another city. And essentially try to keep yourself off grid as much as you can. That way you wouldn't have the interference from any outside authority. And that also goes back to the taxation thing. Yes. Now, like I said, you you had the the Colonial Administration Authority, the CAA, was set up to help manage the colonies. And they actually were the ones who had the most direct say. So... Being that they were local, they actually tried to make concessions to ease the situation. You mm-hmm. know, the idea of registration of births, totally voluntary. You know, if you wanted to, like, you know, you know, when you're talking taxes and your family size, if you want to say that you only got two people and when you have a family of five, okay, things like that. And they also, one of the other things was, you know, they would offer, like, free vaccination programs. Now, this actually was one of the things that the outer colonies kind of bought into in a very large fashion. You know, hey, free vaccinations, free healthcare. Great. Yeah, that's, you know, okay, it's one way to show that you care about the people. Anyone who knows anything about the Halo universe would say that. I don't see where this is going to end badly at all. Like, what? (laughs) This couldn't end, couldn't go bad at all. Well, I mean, what it did do is it provided a database of of genetics mm-hmm. that were used later on in the Halo story to help develop the Spartan 2 program. So, yeah. Because um, it's... what's a better insult than using outer colony indoc- indoctrinated soldiers to yeah. fight the outer colonies? <laughs> mm-hmm. Headed, I still, by, a, I still headed by a scientist when, that was born in, in the outer colonies, too. Yeah, like um, I still remember when I when I first kind of put those two things together, and I was like, "Wait, hang on, <laughs> what? <laughs> like that well, is huge." Mm-hmm. Um, and and while I mean, obviously, this is found in a number of novels, but one of the one of the places that actually it touches it touches on it and it, in a in a good way is. In the Hunt of Truth podcasts, it's actually mentioned mm, in there mm. too. So it is, yeah. It's uh, <clears throat> as I think we almost mention almost all the time. It's like Hunt of Truth. If Hunt of Truth still uh, a podcast is still out there, and it's worth listening to. It's really, really yeah. well done. Yeah, it's extremely well done. So, um, okay, now, but. At this time, diplomacy was still being advocated by a large group of people. 
uh, Eon for uh, for the colonists at the C at the Colonial Administration Authority and even the, the UNSC. One of the largest advocates for diplomacy was a UNSC admiral by the name of Gabriela Castaneda. Um, she was a very large proponent for diplomacy, even though that once the expression happened, she would, was very well dec a highly decorated admiral. And uh, just as a fun fact, after her death, her brain was actually used as a basis of a smart AI known as Gabriella GBA 0983-6 that would eventually be the AI caretaker for Outpost Discovery. That's cool. Yeah. For any of you who had the chance to go to Outpost Discovery and see the AI on your way in, yeah, that's her. Okay. <clears throat> After time, unfortunately, diplomacy really only was getting so far, and there was a growing discontent in the outer colonies. Um, and this discontent led to Earth and inner colonies starting to feel threatened. They, they were surrounded. They were outnumbered three to one, and... They f they could see the beginnings of possibly losing control. You know, okay, you want you have all these worlds that are out there rebelling against us. That could cause major issues. So, <clears throat> what you started seeing was uh, the United Earth Government, the UNSC, the Colonial Administration Authority, and the Colonial Military Authority starting to exert larger amounts of military and economic control. Taxes were raised. Trade restrictions were put in place, you know, to try to maintain control and, and extract what they felt was fair. They provide, you know, the inner colonies provided all these goods and, you know, paid for defense either through the CMA or UNSC to help protect the people. You know, they felt that, okay, well, you need to pay your taxes. Well, of course, being the taxed, <clears throat> especially when you're dealing with and in much like a situation that was with the with America in its colonial days, the outer colonies were providing raw materials to the inner colonies, and the inner colonies were creating the products that they would then be sold back. You know, so there was, but there was this perceived inequity, and maybe not necessarily just perceived, but there was an inequity between right. what they were getting for sending the raw materials and what they had to spend to get the the manufactured ones. So they tried putting tighter and tighter controls on, but the the tighter your grip, <laughs> the more sand <laughs> goes through your fingers. Yep, I was about to say the tighter they they the tighter they they grasp, the more it slipped away. Yeah, which is which again is a pretty common. I mean, that's not just American history. That's also if you look at like the Roman conquest and stuff like that. Even in back in like way back in time, that was a similar thing too. Is once once you start getting into the 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 deadly uh, cycle, mm -hmm. that particular that deadly cycle, it's kind of the writings on the walls almost. Yeah, you start going down that path, it's very, very hard to turn around or stop. Yeah. So the tighter control actually led to the creation and expansion of more radical secessionist elements. What you ended up having was between 2475 and 2483, you started to see more and more uprisings occur, and these actually started becoming more and more violent. So now these were being put down pretty swiftly by the CMA, but they were also very severely and much like <laughs> was seen in history, these mm -hmm. tactics tend to backfire, which would lead to more resistance. 
Well, before before we jump on to the, the CMA's poorly managed response, let's take a quick mental ad break um, and just get, get a, clear our heads real quick. Tune into the Spin Foil Theory Podcast for questions. Who is an or? Who is an or? What is what is an or? Who is that? For queries. Did the hive really just body shame the Vex into changing their frames? For special guests. All the guests. For Spin Foil Theories. Mars Sabathoon. The Spin Foil Theory Podcast. Insert information here. So he didn't. He didn't give the. He didn't give the information. We didn't give, he didn't give the information. Oh, uh, yeah. Spinfoil Theory is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Uh, you can also get us at at Twitter at Spinfoil Theory and or uh, uh, Spinfoil Theory at gmail.com. So okay, so with the the uprisings that have started in what is it twenty four seventy five through twenty four eighty three we're looking at you know that that kind of irreversible tide of of conflict that is starting to swell and then the CMA which real quick I remind me that is the colonial military authority co- essentially okay, colonial essentially yeah. it is a is that like a branch of the UNSC yeah the colonial think, areas yeah, okay yeah that's the easiest way to okay. describe it yeah. Perfect. All right. So they they are trying, and they're and that's the one that is also more heavily composed of colonial people or colonial members, I guess. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they started off with being members of the UNSC and UEG. They were just stationed Correct. out there. Okay. But, okay. You know, obviously, because they're there, they're working with the people more directly. They they kind of became more sympathetic. Uh, and 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 they they identified and they identified right, yeah. with them. I mean, even if they were from the inner colonies, I can totally see the tension there being. Well, this is these are these are not just people that you're you know overseeing. These are these are your neighbors. And sometimes maybe even your family if you you know grew up or you uh, married into that area. And also, I mean, like as as I'm sure some people would join with the CMA from the colony. I mean, I can totally see this as kind of being a very, very politically tense scenario. But regardless, the CMA was also the one that put down the uprisings. Yeah, they were they were the ones who, unfortunately... Or at least at first, right? Yeah, well, they were the ones who had to. Right, well, yes, yeah, I mean, they, they basically, they were the only ones out there. Right, they were the ones who had to, and, you know, they still, in a way, took uh, commands from the uh the unsc and the uvg mm-hmm. so they kind of they they did i can s- yeah I, I can see how this could backfire pretty spectacularly and of course i mean just like with anything i mean people are different across the board so there were some who just wanted to live their lives there were some that wanted to stay loyal to the ueg and whatnot and then you had those who wanted to secede well because of the because of the tactics and the pressures that were being placed upon the outer colonies, the ones in leadership positions started to become more sympathetic to those insurrectionists. And up until the late 25th century, these were all very small groups. They were scattered. Well, what you started to see, especially after... Um, after, you know, towards the tail end of the, of like the 2480s, was solid formation of groups 
Um, two of them being, one of them being the People's Occupation, the other one being the Secessionist Union. Uh, these were lar- these were groups that had kind of came under one banner with the thought of, okay, we're going to push for independence. And actually, in 2487, there was a formal request for independence filed uh, with, I think it was a couple dozen planets or a dozen or so. Oh, so they, they actually, they tried to legitimately go the yeah, they, quote they, unquote they, peaceful route. They Now, obviously, the request was not accepted. Right, right. And, and what we started to see about 10 years after that, well, what you started to see once these group, once you started having these formal groups and they were, and they started these filings, you started seeing the colonial military administration actually providing information, f- funding, and some equipment to these groups. Again, you have, you know, they were kind of sympathetic to these groups. They identified with them. They may have been neighbors. They may have been family in some cases. So the UEG seeing this and realizing that the CMA is not really enforcing the laws right now they're kind of i'm not going to say they've well maybe in a way they've kind of gone rogue but they've kind of leaned towards the you know the they're colonies being, and not yeah, the they're central kinda, government they're kind yeah. of cherry picking who they're enforcing rules on right so what you started to see was the the unit the UEG starts dismantling the CMA uh, and by 2497, now in 2497, the involvement of the CMA with insurrectionist groups goes public. Because of this, this is what spurs the UAG to dismantle the CMA and they replace it with the UNSC. So obviously, you've just started at you've got you know you've already had a a group of people who don't like <laughs> the UNSC or the UEG, and now you've essentially said, okay, well. We're now going to put our military arm in your backyard, and these people are not your, you know, you don't know these people, and all they're there for is to enforce the rules. Well, yeah, it wasn't going to turn out well. Now, on the uh, UEG side, in 2491, uh, there was a doctor named Elias Carver who published some findings that became known as the Carver Findings. There's a long formal name to it, but essentially what it was is he presented a theory that the social order in the outer colonies would start to break down and eventually would lead to warfare and massive lo- and huge losses of life. The recommendation that Carver came from these findings was that to prevent this, the UNSC had to intercede now. Or maybe not, I shouldn't say now, but they had to intercede and they had to stop this. They had to try to dig out the roots before they had a chance to get too deep. While there was some debate on this, both the UNSC and ONI both kind of agreed with it. And this would actually lead to the resurrection of a program that had been started way back in interplanetary awards known as the Orion program. Essentially, it was... The that time it was the first time that the, the the idea of a super soldier program, and this was the resurrection of it. Once you started getting into the twenty five hundreds, because of some changes and a realization that the math wasn't quite right mm-hmm. <laughs> that Carver used, that the prediction was actually going to be more bleak, <laughs> that you would deal with you know you know millions upon you know, possibly billions of people die, dying in warfare, possibly another dark age. Uh, that would eventually lead to 
the creation of the and implementation of the Spartan Two program. So yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of like the background of it. Mm-hmm. And just real quick, Carver was the one. I mean, not to not. So no one gets no one like holds it against him too much. Carver actually really did not like what he found, right? If I remember right, didn't he? Uh, <clears throat> he really started to question it. He um, didn't he commit suicide? Yes. Yeah, he ended up committing suicide because of it, ultimately because he kind of was like he just kind of was so despairing about the the because I thought wait hang on let me let me try to remember this he committed he took his life after Halsey confronted him right yeah so okay. so the story is that at a uh, mixer a young a young graduate of a university who was a bright and up and comer by the name of Catherine Halsey um, at that point in time Carver was a darling of the of the uh, lecture circuit um, at a meeting or at a mixer I should say in the discussion she presented to him that he the factor that he used to come up with his findings was right, a factor of right. 7 and Halsey said no that's wrong it should be a factor of 16 that's right that's <laughs> um right. which led to Halsey catching the eye of Oni and eventually led her to run um her findings which led to the idea that the outlook was even more bleak. But one of the things that Carver had started dealing with later on was the idea that did he predict what was going to happen or was his math what created what happened? It's a very, very kind of almost Oppenheimer type situation. Yeah. Yeah. So this tortured him throughout most of the last years of his life. I know um, it's written that Halsey, because she was she was so young and brash, I think she, she felt she realized that she treated him a bit uncharitably, and she regretted if she had any impact in him taking his own life. I mean, that's always the debate, though, with these kind of things when you're dealing with right. that ma- like this kind of predictive stuff. It's like, does that actually predict it, or does it say, okay, here's a possibility? And the actions you take make it, it. Yeah. yeah, it's um makes it a self fulfilling prophecy kind of a thing. It's a bit of a mind bender, really. Right. Well, and I mean, and like how and the, the the scary thing is, is right. I mean, like anyone who plays with big data knows that that is legit. That's a legit concern for most things. Is you can present data however you want, but you can also present data in a way that lead people to come to it i mean mm-hmm. that's that's the dangers of this is like it's not it's never just oh this is the stuff that this is just the data like there's there's always an agenda behind the presentation of that data and right that that comes with very very heavy responsibility sometimes and this is exactly this is this is a darker side of what exactly that can look like right um but yeah that, I, so like that and that kind of leads us into would that be like the 20, 2500-ish yep. era? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting that's in, it. what essentially would be the the years just prior to the Human Covenant War. Right, which I think we'll probably talk about that in the, the advanced session because yeah. that was actually kind of a, a stroke of miraculous luck in a way mm-hmm. for, for at least Oni's 
saving face a bit. I would I would argue because yeah, they're, they're like oh look conveniently we have these things ready. Mm-hmm. I mean what it's... what it took eight years to develop them and we only knew about the covenant for two months. No, that's 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 yeah. Well, gloss, yeah. gloss over that 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 detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like wasn't I mean in reality in the halo universe anyway it wasn't until after the end of the human covenant war where um <clears throat> the true nature of the spartan 2 program started to come out i mean it had yeah. been made public during the um during the human covenant war as a propaganda tool what? to try to uh, right to try wasn't to boost... that wasn't that kind of the premise behind hunt the truth though wasn't ben involved in that or is that yes yeah that's okay um, okay essentially he, he was, the idea was <clears throat> i mean the the rum, r- rumors had started to go out right from there. right um but so the idea was on hunt the truth with ben Giroux. Oni contracted him to do a spot on master chief to try and put a good face on the spartan 2 program you know right. these were brave volunteers who you know and and I mean, they're, they're, it, that statement yeah. is not necessarily wrong, but it's no. also not true. Like, that, yeah, it, it's one of those things that, and and I mean, we're maybe getting a little off topic. I mean, the Spartan Two program was a dirty secret, um, right? By Oni, by the UNSC, even you know, not to mention the scientists and everyone who was involved in that, but. The the impact of it, and especially dealing with um, what happened with the with the in the Human Covenant War, humanity would have been definitely in a worse position without that. Right. That's so. uh, yeah. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah. But um, before before we go down that rabbit hole, um, let's do let's do a round of shout outs and we'll close out the intro session. And then we can definitely dive into the the human. The, I think it's what is it the the covenant human covenant war incidents, yeah. uh, both before and during. Um, so we'll talk that that in the advanced session. But real quick, uh, for intro session shout outs, what do you got for us, Pins? Um, obviously to you guys for having me on. Thanks again. I do appreciate it. And just a general shout out, things have been rough, and I know that there's people out there who are struggling. If you happen to be in the FFC, in, well, in the Guardian of the Lord Discord, or even if you're not, and you're just in the voice and you need to, and, and you're feeling down or whatnot, find somebody to talk to. If you're in, in the Discord, you can always reach out to me or anyone like that, but take care of yourselves, take care of your family, stay safe, um, and be smart. Definitely. And, you know, and I, I know not only that, but there's also the uh, the Guardians of Mental Health um, group. They used to be the Saint 14 Project. Now they're Guardians of Mental Health. Um, they have great resources um, and they always are really very good about if you, you know, if you reach out, um, they have some really, really top notch individuals that are associated with them. Um also, just, I mean, uh, same right back to you, Pence. I really appreciate you taking the time and putting together the notes uh, and, and, you know, taking the time to actually walk us through all this stuff. It's really, 
really cool and it's really i think an opportune time to kind of do a refresher on where we've been with halo and where you know hopefully we might even go in the future with halo infinite uh so i'm really really excited to see that uh every time they drop something every time they every time they give us a new little tidbit i'm like yes i'm so i'm really excited about that yeah we're really hoping that we'll be able to we'll start seeing some more here in the next couple of months I'm going to be surprised if we don't just with everything everything else coming out on the Xbox side. Um, but that being said, I want to thank everyone for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.